Discover the leader in you with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, former New England Patriot turned Ph.D. I bring a new brand of inspiration and passion to audiences worldwide. Having served and consulted with Fortune 500 companies, the National Football League Players Association, and the White House, each week I will prescribe empowering, motivational, and life-changing medicine for your soul. Now, it's time to discover the leader in you. Hey, hey, everybody. Super excited to be with you today, and welcome to Season 7, Episode 8 of Discover the Leader in You. I'm your host, the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen, and today we're going to be talking about why we all win when empowering and serving others is the end goal. Now, what does it mean to serve and empower others with a blind eye towards your legacy? Think about that for a moment. Your legacy is often not realized until the latter stages of your journey in this lifetime. So to serve is to do so without hopes of gaining anything in return. In other words, you do it because it's the right thing to do, and you know that it will yield positive results for others and not so much for yourself. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is a worthy pursuit indeed as you go through this life. And on today's show, we are super excited because we're going to be talking about empowering and serving others for nearly three decades because we have leadership strategist and CEO of Seeds of Empowerment, Monique A.J. Smith, joining us in the studio today. But before I introduce her, just want to remind everybody, when you talk about empowerment and making sure people can reach their goals, I want to remind you that if you go to jasoncarthen.com and you navigate to the coaching tab, I have a free breakthrough coaching session available to you. If you're serious, you want to grow, you want to develop, then don't wait. (laughs) Take the breakthrough coaching session and get clarity on next steps for your goal, your brand, your business, whatever it may be. All right, I also want to remind everyone that the Jason Carthen app is available on the iTunes store and the Google Android store as well. And if you want daily tips, motivation, encouragement, articles, it's all there for you. No excuses. I'll be right in your back pocket, (laughs) encouraging you and making sure you're moving forward in life. So now, without further ado, I want to introduce you to a very dynamic individual. Monique A.J. Smith is a higher education veteran of over 27 years. She is a CEO of Seeds of Empowerment, where she consults and conducts workshops for youth, women in academia, and corporate America. Most recently, her company was listed as one of the top 50 businesses to watch by the Boss Network. Smith is also an accomplished sports management professional, where she has provided consultation on Title IX, NCAA compliance, and rules education. Additionally, she served the NCAA Leadership Development Department by conducting campus and conference workshops for student-athletes and athletic administrators. Monique has dedicated her life to marketing the success of others, developing opportunities for the underrepresented, and influencing decision-makers to embrace diversity and inclusion. Monique, welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning, and thank you so very much for having me. Absolutely, yeah. Like I said, I have been looking forward to this. There is, There's so many things wrapped up into the idea of we all win when empowering and serving others is the end goal. And I know that our listening audience wants to glean from this because it's not something that is really the norm. When you start talking about empowering someone and serving others, 
you have to be mature. <laughs> you have to really be ready to do that sort of thing because it's selflessness. And a lot of times people may not be open to that if they're trying to grow and, and build their business or reach these higher heights. That can be a very challenging thing. So I wanted to ask you, when you think about this idea of really empowering others, why do you feel like empowerment is so important? Well, first of all, it really brings me joy when I see others grow. Mm. And, uh, you know, you grow by teaching. Mm. And so you learn when you teach. So it really is, you are getting something, but you don't know that you are. That's the, that's the key of it. Um, because you actually get a chance to learn about your own leadership. Um, because people are all different. Everybody doesn't learn the same way. So it means you're always evolving, and and um, for me, that's really more important uh, than getting accolades myself. So uh, we have a, uh, I have a podcast myself, and I have a companion Facebook page, and we celebrate each other, mm-hmm. and that's the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see other people; the light goes off. Because, again, if you look at a garden and you see one thing growing and you see the other ones budding, trying to get up, it's the same kind of principle. You know, she can get through this this dirt, if you will, Mm -hmm. then I can too. Mm. And uh, I'm just a gardener. You know, I might be doing some pruning. I might be doing some watering. I might be doing some replanting. Um you know, encouraging replanting, if you will, um, because, again, I've seen some things. I've been through some seasons, mm-hmm. and uh, for me, that, that, that really does uh, bring me joy. And you can think about a, a, a gardener who can sit back and just look at all the beauty that comes out of the garden that he's created, mm-hmm. or she. Wow, I like that, Monique. That is powerful. You said so many things there. In reality, you know, if you are doing this and it brings you joy, I think people need to understand that there's a difference between happiness and joy. You know, joy is sustained. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's your desire. You know, every day it's like, okay, I'm fulfilled, you know. But the reality is you're giving back and you're impacting so many and just the, the analogy of being able to sit back and watch the garden grow. You've poured into people over the years. Uh, you've empowered people, obviously. And, and we're going to get to your podcast and what you're doing and how you're impacting people in a positive way in that arena as well. But I just want everyone to understand that you do get something when you serve others. You may not be trying to do it intentionally, but right. it develops you, too. And that's that's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that part. Now, you're also very intentional with this, too, though, Monique. It's not something where you just kind of just doing stuff to do it. No, you're very tactical because you have workshops where you give your audiences the tools they need to move forward in life. Could you tell us a little bit more about that content content and why it's so impactful for the audiences? Well, my my central audience are athletic departments. So, um, I'm a leadership strategist for athletic departments, and specifically, um, I like to work with women as well. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen in the last couple of years um, is how I create the workshop. 
It's more sense of I see a problem, I create something to teach. Mm-hmm. So one of my main signature ones when I do for athletic departments is called Gung Ho. It's, it's, uh, it's based on Native American principles, on the way of the, the way of the squirrel, the way of the beaver, and the way of the geese. Because many times in the athletic department, we would come into silos because we're just trying to reach some marks. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that we all work together. And it's, it's, it's you know, uh, in 2018, everybody is talking about, what is your why? Well, I've been teaching what is your why for a while, because the way of the squirrel, why does the squirrel gather nuts? Mm-hmm. They know why they're gathering the nuts. Mm-hmm. That's the same principle. The the beaver... Um, um, Objective is to build a dam, mm-hmm. but no one tells them exactly how to build a dam because different different beavers will get different things. You can build a dam with with twigs, with mud, um, all different types of uh, uh, materials. Mm-hmm. All he knows is that he needs to have the dam done by a certain time. <laughs> right, <laughs> and that is how you need to instruct your staff. This is the mission statement. This is how we need to have this done. I'm going to give you the tools, and then this is what you need to get done. Mm-hmm. So I kind of question, so, so so I give the premise, then I put them in groups, then we report back. And some of the things, that, now the reporting back piece, I use a, a, a leadership book, but the exercises and the groups are what I created. And one of the things I see when we're dealing with the beaver is the fact, did you give good instructions? Did you communicate well? Can someone take over your task when you're not there? Mm-hmm. Uh, were you? Did you only give their portion? Did you share the big vision, the big purpose? Mm-hmm. And usually that's the longest conversation we have when we all report back. And then the way of the geese. We need to celebrate. How do you celebrate? You know, and how, um, and many people have different ways they want to be celebrated. Right. You know, and we talk about athletics, and the obvious one is, you know, based on championships. But even if we were not talking about uh, athletic department, we can talk about church. We could talk about nonprofits. I have done some work with um, uh, 4-H, the agencies. And it could be what does that person, uh, if, do they want time off? Do they, do they want uh, more money? Do they want more opportunities to grow? Do they, do they want to have... Um, to go to a conference that that's a little bit on the pricey side. Right. You need to find out what it is that uh, will give them that sense of you're growing. And that takes time. A leader must take time and know exactly what makes their people tick. So that's one from a staff perspective. And then when I do my workshops, uh, usually they're women in athletic administration. And what I find, even when I do student-athletes, the, there are we talk about lead your ship. What guides your ship? What guides your path? Mm-hmm. And then I ask a question. So I'm going to back up. So if you know exactly what guides you, what's important to you, then if something um, comes about that looks really really good, but it's not on your path, you can say no about it. And ironically, I had a consultation with one of my. Uh, actually, she's one of my former interns of about, mm, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And she was looking at opportunity uh, with, uh, I want to say it was baseball and um, 
who's Fenway in Boston? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox. And so mm-hmm. she said that um, they contacted her for a fellowship, and um, but the commute was rather large and long. And so I said, okay, what's important to you? If you were straight out of school, we wouldn't have a question. But what do you bring to the table? And then I was trying to tell her how to negotiate, because, you know, when you negotiate, you got to be willing to give up something. Right. So that's why you do your list, what's important to me. And you can be able to decide, okay, those things are not on my list. I can let that go and we can negotiate. You can be able to say, what do I bring to the table? If you want me, can you do this? Right, right. And that gives you a sense of personal power when you know exactly what you can, what you can let go. Because otherwise, you feel as if you're being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And it's all a mental piece. So the mental piece, after I say what guides your path, then I say, what are your hidden barriers? What are some things that take you off your path? Mm-hmm. And usually it's the way you think. So wow. that's when I go into my growth mindset versus my fixed mindset, which takes me to a different book, what I use is called The Four Agreements. Well, now, let me engage you around this. This is great. Uh, as I shared, <laughs> obviously, you're very intentional. And some of the things and some of the practices and tools that you're describing here, I think that anyone who's going to empower someone, if they're going to see lasting change, they have to be intentional. And the tools that you're describing really point to that intentionality. And you've mentioned several times, you, you've talked about the idea of really empowering women in the athletic administrations that you really go into, you know, whether it's a workshop or training or coaching. So your popular podcast, A Chat in the Garden, focuses on women who lead in higher education. Why did you choose women specifically? Why that target population? Well, um, my background, um, I began as a sports information director at St. Paul's College at uh, 22 years old. Mm. And I was the only female sports information director in the CIAA. Ironically, my boss was the very first female athletic director in the CIAA. Um, So there were not individuals to watch to see. I had to go look outside of my area. Um, And so it's just like anything else. You want to be able to see so you know how to be. And over the years, so Again, I was 22, and then at 28, I became athletic director at St. Paul's College. Mm. Um, there was an, another uh, female athletic director at Virginia State University. I flew to golf, and oh my goodness, when I tell you, she was just wonderful. Because you got the queen bee syndrome, and that's what I wanted to make sure uh, did not occur. So I went out to a different conference, and I saw the queen bee syndrome. Um, well, you know, they give you this position because they're trying to water it down. And I said, I never want another female to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I always want them to feel that they have a place to go to learn to know how to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and that was just my mantra. And like um, the social commissioner for the MEAC and I, we were both uh, SWA, senior was administrators, number two in charge in two athletic departments within the MEAC. I'm older, but um, I know I think she's younger, I mean older, but my experience is being an athletic administration longer, I say, I don't want you to feel like I felt. I'm going to make you feel like 
you have it, you empower. And man, this was like 1998, 99. Oh, wow. So then when I went to the conference office as uh, the PR director, then uh, eventually associate commissioner, chief of staff, I was over all of the different women at the different institutions. And so many were in name only. And I said, okay, that's okay. Whatever it is your strength, you make that the best. So then as a conference office perspective, I would put them on championships. So, you know, if you have a conference that honors a person from your institution, eventually someone has to pay attention about what they're doing. And that start bringing, bringing um, some type of notoriety to their to their position, and they begin to become number twos and 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 trusted, doing the work nobody else wants to do and learning, such as NCA reports. So I would find that out and say, look, you you're gonna do this even if nobody else wants to do it, and you're gonna learn so much. People are gonna come to you. People do not gravitate to titles. They gravitate to people who get things done. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a lot of truth to that. Absolutely. Wow. So, so that's why. And um, I really can say that many of the women that you see as athletic directors came through the program that we created in my 13 years with the CIAA. Athletic director um, Tanya Walker at Winston State. Athletic director Ingrid Rickham McCree at North Carolina Central University. Uh, Virginia State, Peggy Davis. Um, um, Mississippi Valley State University, Diantia Ford Key. Um, those are just four uh, out there, but there have been different branches from there. We had Chicago State, Kentucky State, Dr. Denisha Hendricks. She was the athletic director came out of there. We have a lot of deputy um, athletic directors. Oh, one of my most recent, uh, Dr. Christine Kelly at King State College in New Hampshire. Uh, and so I, I anticipate to see more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that and when I say that brings me joy, you could probably hear my grin all the way where you are. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because it's obvious that you truly have a desire to see others excel and and move forward. And and it seems like it's it's part of who you are. And I, we don't have a lot of time today because the nuggets that you're already sharing are, are full, you know, and people have to digest them. But we may have to have a larger segment to just talk about just a little bit of your background, how you even decided to move forward and do these things. Because I know we all have stories and, and those stories weave themselves into our actions, our behavior as we go forward. Now, you mentioned several names there, and it's sort of a great segue to my next thought here. So if if you've been so intentional with all of this and you've been having quite a bit of success, do you feel like there's a lot of progress now being made in terms of uh, more female leaders in higher education at this point? I, I would say yes and no. Yes mean opportunities are there, but it's the quality of the opportunity. Mm. Um, the resources are the resources there uh, to make a difference, and so, um, and you know, this, even if we talk about higher ed, my mind goes to the presidents, the female presidents, mm-hmm. and those have been my leaders, my role models uh, to see how they navigate board meetings and and. Board meetings among other presidents, board meetings, their own board meetings, um, 
and the governments they're associated with. Mm-hmm. You know, do they have, uh, just, even when you look at the media and you see how women leaders are, are put on a different scale of questioning and what they expect. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to what you're talking about equity. You know, when you look at if a men's basketball team and a women's basketball team, if the men's team can gather dollars based on relationships, they don't have to work as hard. But for the female uh, program who might not have been a, a, a long or notoriety as long as the men's program, they have to work a little harder to gain the same amount of dollars that the men would have. Right. So that means that the university must step in and try to assist with that. But we're not seeing those type of things happen when it comes to female leaders. You expected at a, to, to serve at some times that a place is already in the, the deficit at even that. I mean, the, the hole is so down deep that you might as well just start a whole colony down down deep because, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's my thought. Yeah, no, that's good. Got to keep plugging. Got to yeah, keep plugging. Absolutely. And I, and I have to react to that because I see that we, we see that disparity everywhere. It's not just uh, women in athletic administrations or uh, just if you think about women in terms of leadership in general, we got to mm-hmm. keep digging, as you shared. And, and there's also some, I don't know, a double-edged sword there where people have to um, have expectations placed upon them that can sometimes be unbearable. And mm-hmm. unless you have a good support network or someone like yourself, Monique, that they can call and you can remind them of why they do what they do and their progress. Uh, though it may be incremental, they still are making progress. So, you know, it's one of those things. We never can be satisfied, but we'll keep on grinding, keep moving forward, and being intentional with it. So let me ask you this then. How how do you feel like your work has really been instrumental in maybe helping the NCAA uh, improve their leadership? Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you say that? Um, well, one of the things I can say that I have told so many, I need you to apply for NCA committee. And I get a whole lot of butts. And I said, we're not sitting on our butts. We are applying <laughs> for this position. Mm-hmm. And we're going to show what, what your experiences have um, that measures to what they're looking for. And I tell people all the time, you don't have to have played the sport to be able to administer the sport. And if you have administered anything, if you're a leader of anything, you can you can do that. Uh, I was on one of the first Division Two committees when they uh, went to Federation from Division One, Division Two, and we started having our own committees. And uh, that to me opened my eyes. And so I would say on the back end, uh, I think. Uh, from a NCA standpoint, we open the eyes to the leaderships that are, are one in um, HBCUs. That's why I began, but that's not where I am now. More, more national um, feel. But when you realize the smaller schools, if you're able to do so much more with less, and your perspective, imagine what you can do when you have more resources. Mm. So it's more about educating the NCAA from a different perspective and things that they may not be exposed to. Uh, for instance, the Native American um, um, 
uh, mascots. Division One had made a had made an impact on discussion on that, and I just happened to be on championships committee, and the question was posed to us, but not necessarily as an action item, just like a memo. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I said, well, if they're looking at it, what are we doing? Do we have any Americans on our student athlete committee, on the management council? Okay, if we don't, we need to poll to find out what are our thoughts on that. Right. Hmm. So I guess I, 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 I it's just like Jimmy being Jimmy the Cricket. I just try to keep you honest. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Monique, you are something else. Hey, everybody, we are on with Monique A.J. Smith, and we're talking about why we all win when empowering and serving others is the end goal. And that is something that I think we need to be reminded of. And as Monique shared, hey, maybe we need to be Jimmy the Cricket <laughs> during yeah. that process. And you know, Monique, let me ask you this. If people want to get in contact with you, uh, do you have a website? How do they listen to your podcast? Are you on social media? Can you give us a quick overview of that? Well, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to put a plug. Sure, uh, go ahead. Just for a second. Absolutely. Um, I will be in the Philadelphia on the night of April 20th, and I'm having lead your ship to Philly. And uh, we're going to learn how to stand out navigate barriers and ride the wave of change nice. so i got two of one of my one of my interns and one of my colleagues uh one is the brand the founder of right relations she's mm-hmm. going to talk about how to brand yourself and then mary mcelroy she's the executive senior associate athletic director at sba for temple university oh, so wow. i want to invite you to to think about that that's april 20th um and I call it Lead Your Ship to Philly. Mm-hmm. And uh, so to find me, I'm on Twitter at host of chat, H-O-S-T-O-F-C-H-A-T. On Facebook, I am Monique A.J. Smith. Um, and my private Facebook group that goes with my podcast, is both of them are called A Chat in the Garden. So it's A Chat in the Garden with Monique A.J. Smith. Nice. And my podcast, uh, Wednesdays at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can log into www.chatinthegarden.com to listen to uh, the women that are leading our athletic department. Nice, nice. All right, everybody. So you have the information. Make sure that you listen. And if you miss something, just rewind us. <laughs> okay. And make sure that you can get out and make sure you connect with Monique. She has such a wealth of information to share with so many people. And I believe you mentioned uh, a young lady that I knew when she was very, very young. Uh, Danielle, right relations? That, is yeah. That, yeah, yeah. I remember when she was, <laughs> I'm dating myself now, but she was a very, very young girl, and then she became a young lady, and then she went off to school. And, yeah, so it's it's great to see and wow. hear that she is doing well and moving forward, and you guys are partnering on some things. And you know what? I think at the end of the day, the more that – we have synergy and we partner and we ask questions, then more people are going to be empowered. And as we get ready to wrap up here, Monique, wh- what do you think, how, how, how are the reactions when you reach and help someone to actually achieve their goals and you, you empower them? How do they react to you? Are they excited or 
Do they just kind of go, wow, someone actually cares about me? Tell me a little bit about that, maybe in about a minute, because we're almost out of time here. Well, uh, sometimes they don't know that they've been empowered. Mm. You know, they they don't know that. They just think they, you know, they call it mentoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's funny because they go like, I didn't know I could do. I said, well, that's why I plant seeds. Mm-hmm. That, that I'm going to empower you. I see something that you can't see. And they say thank you. <laughs> nice. Just that simple. They say thank you. I like that. I like that. And many of the things uh, that you have described today really point back to servant leadership, uh, selflessly giving of yourself, not expecting anything in return, but knowing that the seed has been planted. And I'm sure you're probably familiar with servant leadership, whether it's uh, biblical times or mm-hmm. dealing with where we are today. But the idea of being a servant leader is really gaining momentum. Um, so I just want to say continue to do that. And Monique, I want to be very intentional and make sure we stay connected because there's so much synergy in what you're doing and some of the things that I'm doing as well in the community. But I just want to say thank you for being on the show today. It was good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I don't think it's going to be the last time (laughs) because you have a lot of stuff that I want to make sure our listening audience is exposed to. And again, everybody, make sure that you check out Lead Your Ship on April 20th in Philadelphia, because if you want to sit at the feet of someone that's been doing this for nearly three decades, that's your opportunity to be able to do that. And we have to continue to glean and grow. Make sure you check out her podcast as well, Chat in the Garden, and look her up on Facebook. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in and connecting with me. Remember, the I Speak Life Academy is going to be opening again for enrollment. Make sure you take a look and make sure you sign up for your free breakthrough coaching session, everyone. Take care now. You've been listening to Discover the Leader in You with the leadership linebacker, Dr. Jason Carthen. We want to hear from you. Connect with us now. Visit our blog and visit our website at jasoncarthen.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Enterprises. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Carthen. Let's keep the conversation going. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to jasoncarthenradio.com.